0: Welcome to Caritas Podcast. This is episode 27. Today we'll be talking about faith and
1: creativity with Lila Higgins. We're so excited for you to join this conversation with us. Lila is a great friend and we're super excited to have her on. Hi, Lila. Hi, how are you guys? Great. We're good. Um, We're excited to get back into recording after a small break and there's a lot of change um, happening in both of our lives. So it's a super exciting time and spring has finally arrived a little bit in DC. Really? So because it's cold. It's still, it's still rainy, but at least it's like 50. I'm like, it was, I'm it was warmer
0: that. last week. It was I'm, warmer, I'm right? over it. I'm, I'm over it, but luckily I'm about to leave forever. So it's fine.
2: Well, it's been raining for like two weeks in Wyoming, and we just had our first like sixty degree day. So everyone is outside at nice. all
0: the parks. We had seventeen consecutive days of rain here, mm-hmm. so I totally understand.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's
1: crazy. It gets to you eventually, right? Mm-hmm. I had a super sunny, warm weekend, so I guess that's what I'm coming off of. Like it was great, and it's supposed to be sunny tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to that. Praise
0: be to God.
1: <laughs> Holy crap. Well, friend, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? So I'm Lila Higgins,
2: and I'm a branding designer, and I'm morphing into a coach, a branding coach at the Higgins Creative, and I help makers, and I support and empower makers to create with their head, heart, and hands, and um, recently I just released It's Not Brand Surgery, which is a four- to six-week coaching course on how to brand yourself and your business and, um, get yourself noticed online.
1: Cool. How do you define makers?
2: So a maker is anyone who makes with their head, heart or hands. And so that anyone can really fall into that category. So it's anyone that has a creative business, anyone that, you know, has a hobby that is, um, something where they're producing something, even coaching and counseling and those type of things where you're, you know, helping people to, you know, create things that is a form of making as well. And a mom. Moms are makers and dads are makers and we we are called to create. That's what we believe at the Higgins Creative. So we try to encourage everyone in every form of art and work and life and all those things.
0: I love that phrase you used, called to create, because I think a lot of people forget that like part of the Christian life, part of being made in the image of God is that we are made in the image of the creator. We really are made to be creators. So I know we were going to talk a little bit tonight about how your faith connects with the work that you do. And is that something that you think about in terms of, you know, helping people live out their calling as, as creators made in the image and likeness of God?
2: Yeah, it's a good question, and something I've actually kind of been wrestling with the last few weeks because my whole business model is based upon the idea that we're called to create, which totally implies that God created us and called us to do so. Like, you can't be called by something outside or, you know, inside of yourself. So, obviously, in my business, I'm implying that God is there and that God is the one that is kind of orchestrating, but I don't often talk about Jesus or God or my, you know, my faith in my business in a really specific way um so in that like in that way it calls to anyone like I have people that are atheists and all you know all sorts of different faiths inside of my my community but um there's there's like a special feeling that you have that that you are called to do this that you that something outside of you is calling you to create so yeah it's interesting because like that's where I'm coming from I believe that you know, Jesus called us to create, and the, and He created us in that way. So that's where I'm coming from. But I'm noticing if I if I keep it kind of unspecific, it also calls in other people that aren't believers and aren't you know don't have a religious background or anything like that. So I've been wrestling with that because I could be more specific, and I could make it more of a missional type business. But I don't want anyone to feel excluded either. So there's mm-hmm. kind of a balance happening there. Sorry, about that motorcycle outside.
0: It's more of a subtle way to evangelize through, through work. Like it, I, we're Catholic. So I often turn to the words of the saints, which are, like there's a quote from St. Francis of Assisi that's, pray the, preach the gospel at all times when necessary, use words. Use words so exactly. in your work, that's definitely a way of empowering people to live the Christian life, even if they might not know it. <laughs> right.
2: Yeah. And I was talking to my husband about this today um, and how it's, It's kind of a lifestyle I'm calling people to. It's not necessarily just a work style or a a type of you know making money, but it's a it's like a whole lifestyle. This idea of living this creative life, and people look at my life and go, "Oh, how does she do that? That's awesome. She's a mom. She's got all this stuff going on. Like she gets to make cool things, and you know she's got all all these things going for her." And so they like want that, and so I can offer them that in their own way and how they're called to create and then you know, in a way that is easy for them to kind of follow that path.
1: Have you had any conversations with clients that have kind of, like, where faith has come up? I'm just curious.
2: Yes, with fellow Christians, I have. Okay. Um, not anyone that's like, you can't talk about this, or, you know, no, right. no opposition, but, yeah, a few, and a few of my clients that asked me, um, like, my opinion on how they should talk about faith in their business. And so, yeah, that's always interesting. And I, it kind of depends on the person. Um, one of them was she makes skincare, and I was like, "Well, there's not really like a a purpose for that in your business, but there's no reason to hide that either." So, you know, it just kind of depends on how it fits into your business model.
1: How do you balance faith and marriage and family and business? Um I know <laughs> no pressure just tell us your <laughs> secrets. Yeah, I know I know a lot of moms um and and friends who do run creative businesses um and it's very easy for things to kind of all blend together, especially like when you really do believe and feel that like okay, the work you're doing, the business you're running um is god's will for you and like you're spreading the gospel in some way through that um through that work it's easy to get lost in just the work and then you realize oh my gosh i haven't prayed in like a week um at least that has been my experience um how do you kind of stay on top of yeah faith and, and business and family and all of the stuff i listed before
2: yeah, so there's no such thing as balance. <laughs> like, there's no such thing as like, I'm doing this much stuff for this thing and this much stuff for this thing, and it, it totally all blends together. Like, um, it's a,
0: like it's a like 30, 60, you know, 10 split or whatever. Yeah, no, yeah. Not
2: at all. Not at all. It all blends together. And it helps a lot that like my husband is fully supportive of my business. And we've talked about that as times have gotten kind of um, stressed, um, like stressful and I've got, you know, my faith, I've got my husband, I've got my toddlers, I've got my home and then I've got my business. So the business is like that's the first thing that we talk about like cutting and but then we always kind of come to this conclusion that my business like gives me life for the other things that I have to do. And so we can't cut my business either. So it's just a matter <laughs> of making sure that your top priorities are cared for, my children feel loved, my husband feels, you know, paid attention to and cared for. My home stays somewhat clean, never, but you know, sometimes <laughs> it's clean. When people come over, I usually take time to clean. But, um, yeah, it's just a matter of making sure that, that the top priorities are cared for and taken care of. And and my parents kind of, we grew up with this mentality in our family of, like, we're a team and we're trying to accomplish these things. Because my parents were entrepreneurs and stuff, and I worked in my dad's office when I was, like, 10. So, um yeah, really including the kids in the business is a fun thing to do, so I'll talk to them about what I'm doing or whatever. Um, so, like, I've got coaching calls once a week, and I'll tell them, okay, now mommy has to, you know, take this time to, to listen to her coach and learn something, so I need you guys to go play nice in your room, and th- and they'll do it. Like, they understand. They're only two and three, but they get it. And um, so, yeah, it's just, it's not, there's not a balance. There's just a figuring out what works for you, and... My business grows slower than someone who's single with no responsibilities outside of their business. So, yeah, it just, it depends on what your business is and how you can, you know, try and prioritize all those things.
1: Mm -hmm. I love the idea of bringing kids into it because I, my, my dad is an entrepreneur and I, I did grow up going to his office and like being a, I mean, being a part of it as much as I could. It's law. So it's not like it was some of it wasn't really appropriate for me at a young age, but, like, I remember playing around with, like, office supplies and whatnot, and I really, I, like, I did spend a lot of time there, Um, and I love that mentality of, like, this is, this is a team effort, that, like, this isn't just mom's work or dad's work, like it, I mean, obviously primarily is, they're the providers for the family, but that the child, uh, children can be involved in some way, they can know what's going on, um, I think that makes for a really well-rounded and healthy view of work.
2: Right, and it helps them see that it's not really all about them, and that like right. they can actually contribute by, you know, Fletcher at least, he's older, and he he's the three-year-old, and he can he understands, like, I need you to be the big boy and watch out for your sister in your room for, you know, an hour or whatever. And he then he feels a part of it and, like, I'm including him in it even if it's a small thing and even if I'm shoving them off into their room, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I think that's applicable to any family culture whether or not you're an entrepreneur or you have two working mm-hmm. parents because mm-hmm. being included in the workings of a family has so much more to, to do with everyday life than even just – even more than just, you know, quote unquote work. Because I think we often get this understanding culturally that it's the mom and dad's job to make sure the house runs and it's the kid's job to be kids. But if we really think of the family as being a unit where everyone is participating in family life and not, it doesn't all fall on the shoulders of one or two members of the household to run the family life, you not only get a more holistic family life, but you're able to balance a lot more too within, within the home.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. And it, it keeps kind of resentment from getting in there, too, if you're all, oh. yeah, like, working towards this one goal of running a house and, you know, running a business and all these things. Like, you you don't resent each other for caring for those things instead of paying attention to the kids, you know? Right.
0: hmm Like, for instance, I have a big move coming up. My brother has a big move coming up. My sister is off to intern for the summer. And our parents are helping us pull our weight, but the expectation is not that they'll drop everything to help us. It's that, you know, they, you know, even though we all live scattered across the country, we are still a family unit that has to support each other and that are there for each other. So my mom can't get away from work to help me, but my dad can. So my dad is coming to help me pull it together to move. Or when I'm home, it's not going to be just like I'm going to lay around the house. I'll vacation time. You know, vacation time.
2: Bring your laundry.
0: Yeah, right. Oh, my gosh. I'll be home for like two days. But, you know, it's once I'm in the home, I am a member of the family. So if something needs to get done, I'm there to help support it. Or like if I come home for Christmas, I don't just show up and magically there's beautifully cooked meals on the table and presents and decorations. No, I get home and... We're putting the tree together and I'm making brunch and, you know, and I think that's a family culture that when you build it at a young age, you can carry it through to adulthood. Mm -hmm. And I feel like my parents did such a good job of it. So it's inspiring to hear you, Lila, talking about how you're doing it in your own home, that it's a value that's important, not just within family units, but to many, many families. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I grew up that way, but my husband grew up where like he got paid to do chores. It was like a a favor for his I never got an
0: allowance.
2: I know. Uh, I didn't either. My dad would just randomly hand me a twenty for gas every once in a while, or he would like fill up my car, or you know take me out to lunch or whatever. But yeah, never like a expected. I got this much amount for the week kind of deal, right? And and my husband did, and um, so yeah, just growing up in that, like he's had to kind of learn in our family, like everyone pitches in. Everyone, you know, if you see something, you gotta clean it up you got to help out like that type of thing so helping making sure our kids understand that culture yeah has been a priority for us
0: yeah and I I never got an allowance but my dad was incredibly generous whenever I needed cash my dad would give me money or my mom would take me to get new clothes when I needed them because they knew that as providers they wanted to show me that I was provided for but that it wasn't because I earned it you know, like, I could never earn everything that I received right. from my parents. So <laughs> it was my job to pull the weight that I could as part of the family, but I wasn't earning things. That was just my role within the family. Right. I think... though, um, so there is definitely... I think there's room within family culture for allowances. I just don't know yeah, that in my own yeah, experience. Yeah, right. I
1: don't... Teach them how to manage their money, which is important course they get older. Yeah, that, may, that does make sense. I, and I think too, um, going back to this topic of creativity, you expressing your creativity through your business, um, I think that allows you to create this family culture that you're you're aiming for, right Because you are taking the time to cultivate your heart, cultivate your creativity, um, which you said before like fuels this these other aspects of your life as well. Um, how do you how do you stay? On top of your creativity, which sounds kind of crazy, but I mean, like, how do you keep those creative inspirations and juices flowing when I know very well that it's easy to be, like, just focused on the administrative stuff of a business or wrapped up in family work or, or even someone who doesn't have a business. Just, like, it's sometimes well, hard to me, find outlets. for me, I've been so outlets.
0: swamped between winding up at my current job and getting ready to move. I haven't been writing more mm-hmm. than I absolutely have to. So, right. like, for me the things that I do on the side. I haven't been pitching pieces to places. I haven't been writing on my blog. I haven't been, you know what I mean? I'm just writing what needs to get done and that's it. So I totally, that's a great question, Mm -hmm. Elise.
2: Yeah, as I have been launching my new course, I've been doing a lot of email writing, a lot of pitching, a lot of like, you know, reaching out on Facebook and all those different things. And I've got a, just a small design job recently, and I was like, yes, I get to be an illustrator. I get to do design stuff <laughs> because I've been feeling so much into the administrative, like, back-end business stuff. And I love designing. That's why I got into this, and that's why I want to, you know, empower people to do that, too, themselves. And so, yeah, it's um, – there are days I'm like, I just want to make a logo. I just want to design something. I just want to make something pretty. I don't want to write another email convincing people to, you know, work with me. So, yeah, I totally I – don't, I don't really have an answer for that one, like how to, how to get back into it. If I – I have the subscription to Death to Stock Photo that you recommended, Elise, and I love yeah. that. So occasionally I'll go on and – pull off kind of a series of photos and make a fake branding board that I can use in my portfolio that, oh, you know, nice. I can kind of get the inspiration from those. So that's really fun if I need some creative outlet that's not like, you know, actually working with a client if I don't have the clients at the time. So that's kind of a method I use.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you have personal projects or personal um, outlets that you do outside of the business to keep your juices flowing?
2: Um, I still like to sketch, so I'll pick up my Mm -hmm. sketch pad every once in a while. Um, um, I watch, like, documentaries and stuff occasionally that kind of are inspiring. Um, Not really, though. Lately, I've been so swamped with everything that's going on. Like, my free time, I'm, like, zoning out on the office or, like, just staring (laughs) at the wall. (laughs) That can be
0: restorative, too, to give your brain a break and room to... Room to detach so that you're able to come back with fresh eyes to things.
1: Yeah. Right. I've yeah. really struggled with this recently because either I'm working or I'm, like, zoning out. And I remember um, receiving – her name is Sharon or Cheryl. Her name's Cheryl. She's this, like, amazing psychologist who does, um, like, online – She's probably one of the first psychologists to have, like, online courses, basically. And she's really great. I'll have the link to her in the show notes. But one of her emails in the last few weeks was, like, talking about the danger of using um, TV as, like, a zone-out experience. and I Or, like, a relaxation technique. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh. I am so guilty of this. Like if I want to zone out, I automatically go to the TV instead of like reading or drawing or, or something, something else that will, uh, creative that will fuel my work. Um, and I, I don't know, I don't really know what the solution is, but I think, I think it's just really taking the initiative to even, even just like turning off the TV and doing something small like um I was saying like reading or or coloring coloring yeah it's been really great um or just like not watching that next episode (laughs) just having
2: the self-control to
0: start
1: it
2: off (laughs) right
0: as I've had a lot of like mindless
1: tasks and
0: chores to do lately um I have found even just doing something like I like to have something on in the background right Mm -hmm. so even switching from instead of the endless stream of Outlander episodes that I've had going (laughs) lately or whatever else is like on Amazon prime waiting for me to just get going on it. Like, have I watched a bunch of transparent? Yes. It's an excellent show. It's super fascinating, but like maybe I don't need to watch a whole season in four days. (laughs) Um, But I have found switching to an audio book or switching to, an actual like not like a conversational podcast but something a little deeper like whether it's radio lab or this american yeah, life I love
2: radio labs the
0: the some of the more thoughtful audio that i get in while i'm doing something rather than just something brainless has gone a long way to not making me feel so exhausted and tapped out at the end of it if i have something just a little bit deeper it doesn't mm-hmm. need to be deep but whether it's you know, an audiobook on Audible or a podcast with a little more heft to it than just listening to two people
1: talk helps a lot. Yeah. No, I've I found that too, especially when um, I'm driving or just like doing the hair or makeup in the morning or something. It is really helpful to have a, um, a a podcast on that is a little deeper and maybe talks about faith or not even faith, but just, like, a deeper topic. <laughs> it's just, it is helpful. Yeah, I put them on when I'm doing dishes, because it helps it go by faster. That's great. Yeah. How do you cultivate creativity within your family and your kids? I know you said that you, you know, help, try to help them um, contribute to the family, like, through little tasks or little chores. Um, do you, like, give them crayons and paper and say go for it or like how like how sometimes
2: but not unsupervised yeah (laughs) like to draw on walls and everything else um i am really i'm not like a craft mom at all (laughs) my sister is like a genius at the little crafts she does like finger painting and all kinds of fun stuff with them i do absolutely nothing with my kids (laughs) they have crayons and paper they have play-doh which i just got like last week Um, They like to tear up books, so I don't have a lot of books because they've destroyed them all. (laughs) Um, I put on, like, leapfrogs for them, so, like, both my kids know the alphabet, and they're, like, super smart, and Fletcher can already write letters and stuff. Oh, wow. So he's, like, he's ready for preschool, which isn't a whole other conversation, but... um, (laughs) Yeah, um, not really a whole lot at this point, more than just talking to them about it and, you know, telling them that they you know, are called to create, too, and they have good ideas that we should cultivate and that type of thing. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think it comes back to the idea that creativity isn't always about painting or sculpture or, like, our normal thinking of what art is. Um, Creativity can also just, it can be about having, just thinking about outside the box and having ideas that, um, allowing yourself to have a space where you can Come up with ideas that give life to yourself and others. And I think what I loved about the Higgins Creative was that you guys had a broader idea of what creativity is. Um, And I think that influences your work and how you work with your clients as well.
2: Yeah, I've had a few people that are totally not, like, do not consider themselves creative at all ask me, okay, how am I a maker? And I can, like, I'm really quick at shooting back, like, this is how you're a maker, you know, you make people feel good, you, you know, capture life that needs to be, um, you know, stored, you, you know, it's so easy to take what you, what you do and what you're good at and the talents that you have and be like, hey, you, that's a good thing, like, you should pursue that if you're good at it and you can create this new idea or this new product or this new... Um, you know, effect in the world. Maybe it's a movement or a um, you know, uh, like a philanthropic type deal where you're helping people get out of bad situations or anything like that. It's all a form of creation and all a form of making.
0: That's an interesting thing to think about in connection, at least, kind of what you were saying. Between prayer and creativity, both of them are about creating the space for your heart or your mind to move within. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's something that so often gets shut out, and I think it's easier to help understand it in terms of creativity because obviously you can't be creative if you're plugged up with all of these you know, other thoughts and kind of mindless activities. And I think for me, I often forget about that in terms of prayer. Like, my prayer life is stale when I'm clogged up with, you know, the things of the world. Mm-hmm. And it, but it's easier for me to see it in my creative life than in my prayer life. Like, mm-hmm. I can be like, oh, my prayer life is just a little dry right now. But if I don't think I can write anything, that I'm like, oh, like, I just can't put words together. This is so not me. Mm-hmm. So that's such an interesting thing to think about because it's more easy for me to diagnose that in my creativity than in my prayer life. But well, it's a maybe similar it's, problem.
2: Yeah, maybe it's even more connected than that. Maybe our creativity is spurred by our prayer life and, you know, the Holy Spirit's stirring in us. And oh, absolutely. And when our creativity starts to drain, then we're like, oh, I'm not being, I'm not letting myself be affected by God and, you know, take that, take that and actually manifest something out of it.
0: Mm-hmm. If creation is part of the Christian life, then it definitely is spurred by the movement of the spirit. And, I mean, I think we're all in agreement that the act of creation, however that looks for a person's life, is definitely, definitely inherent in the life of a
2: Christian. Yeah, it reminds me of um, Big Magic. I think you recommended that to me, at least. I did. I love it. I'm going to link to it in the show notes because
1: everyone should read it. (laughs) Yes, it's
2: great. And she talks about how ideas are kind of like these floating things that people can kind of attach themselves to and how if you don't grab onto it, it'll go find someone else. And that's why, like, multiple discovery happens and all those kind of things. But as a Christian, reading that book, I was like, yeah, the Holy Spirit totally does that. Like, he has his ideas for what needs to happen in the world, and he's going to move on if you don't, like, take hold of it and, you know, run with it and actually trust him that he's going to make that manifest in your life, however that's going to look because he does have purposes for the human race as a whole. And so, you know, when we're called to create in certain ways, and we don't take those ideas, then they can float to someone else. Like, who knows how that works. But that was a really good way for me to think, oh, and it's okay if I don't grab a hold of something, like, there's grace in that. And someone else will probably pick it up for me.
0: And that's such a good point, because I think we so often see these great works of Christian art, great works of art, period, but especially great works of christian art that are by people who are such you know they live such lives of sin or such lives that you're like oh but this person how could they have created such a great you know face of the spirit and i'm like well the spirit can work through anyone they were there and receptive so Caravaggio, though he's right. like a murderer and a thief and terrible has some of the most beautiful christian art mm-hmm. or you know I mean, Dostoevsky, not a true, you know, like Christian, but his novels are beautiful works of Christian art. Mm -hmm. So it's, the spirit works through, is available and and wants to work through people regardless of their goodness, Mm -hmm. just about their receptive, receptivity, I guess.
1: I will always remember when I was studying for my master's in theology, sorry, we're too far away
0: from the window oh, for know, it to pick up.
1: Yeah, um, I remember when I was staying for my master's in theology. Um, one, of my, one of my professors, we were talking about um, the Old Testament and how just we were going through the creation story, and he was saying that um, in the back of Catholic churches, they're always blessed water. So you you know you dip yourself in the water and, and give yourself the sign of the cross. He was like, that's not just like, it is, it is meant to remind us of our baptism, but it's also meant to remind us of, um, the Lord's creation of the world and how like the water that moved throughout the earth and like, um, just the whole, the whole of creation story. And then our baptism, like there's some link between baptism and creation, um, But it—it was really. I always think of that now when I do make the sign of the cross after dipping my hand in the, when I ever bless myself with holy water, um, because it reminds me that I am called to be creative. That if we are baptized in Christ, um, He has in some way given us His spirit of creation, right? Because the the Holy Spirit is a is a creative being God so that, is a
0: creative being. That you know. passage is one of my favorites in the whole Bible, that Genesis passage, the spirit moving over the waters, yeah. like a mighty wind. It's just an incredible thing to think about. And mm-hmm. it never says, oh, the mighty wind stops moving over this over the waters, or the mighty wind stops moving over the earth. And so I think if you can picture that swirling breath of the Lord on the
1: world is an incredible way to yeah. think about Spirit working in our lives. Yeah. And I'm sure there's some people out there who are like, I don't have an artistic bone in my body. Yeah, me neither. But like you're saying, um, Lila, like everyone, I think, who was baptized, I mean, like maybe that's like a really loud claim, but like, or a harsh claim, but like I think everyone- who is in Christ is, is called to be creative because it, we are baptized with a, a creative spirit. Um, well, creativity doesn't just mean it, like right. art. It doesn't, it doesn't. That's what my point is. Yeah, like it, yeah. it doesn't just mean that you're meant to be an artist, but it really does mean that um, in some way in your life you're meant to, to create life as well, um, whatever form that takes.
2: Yeah, I think that's true. And like there's a the verse that talks about um how the sun sh- shines on the saved and the unsaved. And like so I think it's a broad calling to the human race, but I think when you're in Christ, you have that extra power to actually accomplish the things that you are called to. And so, you know, you might struggle more outside of Christ than you would in Christ in in ways that you know, I mean, obviously we struggle as Christians too, but, um,
0: yeah, girl, <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> but, but in a way, like you have Christ to depend on as a Christian in, in your creativity and in what you're creating. So, you know, if my course were to fail and I wouldn't get any students in my class, like I could still say, Hey, like that was the idea God planted in me. And I, I you know, I with his power, like made that manifest and mm. that's the outcome he expected. Like there yeah. was nothing outside of that, that, you know, I was outside of God's will or anything like that. So, yeah, I think as a as a Christian, like, there's that added power that you can actually accomplish what He's calling you to.
1: Mm. Hmm. It's a good point. Yeah,
2: let's get all into like predestination about like if He's calling everyone, and yeah, no, let's not go there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's thorny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a uh, closed loop. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I really do uh, love this idea of um, creativity because what we're ultimately creating is, like, in some form, is is life. Like, you give life to your students, Lila, by, like, creating this, um, this new course. Like, that gives them life in some way by encouraging them in their businesses. Um, you know, and, and even if it's, like, or Bridget's writing, like, she gives life in some way to other people who are inspired by her words. Um, And I think that's just a really beautiful way to look at our lives. So, you know, it's, it's, we're all meant to be creating in some way um, and then breathing life into others through our creativity.
2: Yeah. And as much like struggle comes with living in that creativity, there's a really tangible, really relaxing freedom Mm. when you're doing exactly what God wants you to and exactly the way that you, you know, kind of pictured it happening, there's, there's freedom there in that, um, that, that choice that you made to say, I'm going to pursue this thing, like no matter what, and I'm going to, you know, hustle when I have to and rest when I need to. And, and you really push for that thing. And it's like all you and God, and, and that's what you've done. And, you know, you can be really proud of that. And so there's freedom in that.
1: hmm. hmm. I love the idea yeah, because when you're creating with the confidence that the Lord has granted you that, that idea, that gift, no matter what happens, like, if you put the work into it and you ma- made it come to life, like, you're right. There's freedom in that because you did it and you brought it to life and it's inspired and, like, you in some way contributed to the Lord's work. You know, and yeah, no exactly. matter what comes of it, there's grace in that. You know, there you brought some goodness into the world.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, my husband still has his 9 to 5, and he's struggling through his 9 to 5 because <laughs> of that lack of freedom that he has. And um, I see that, and I'm like, so that's part of, you know, why I'm pushing the course and everything in the Higgins Creative is because I'm trying to make a sustainable profit um, so that he can quit, so he can have that freedom. And, yeah, it's hard to watch him go to work every day, not have the control of his time that he'd like to, not be creative, being held back by stuff that's going on at work, and, and it's just a stressful environment, and and it's just not fun. So being able to like just take control of your time and your resources and what you're doing and how you're creating – that's a huge thing. I was in the shower today, and I was thinking about, like, why am I doing this? Because sometimes I don't want to. And, like, pretty much every <laughs> Girl, day. Girl, every like, day.
1: Like, yep. <laughs> yeah, every day
2: I'm like, I think I should probably quit. I should just, like, quit on my social media. Just, like, go dark. Yep. But
1: Go off the I, grid. I,
2: I, I do it because I, I want to support the maker. So that's a huge part of it. But for me, like, I want to work when I want to work and how I want to work. And I want to be the one that says, this is how it's going to happen. And so to do that, you know, you have to make sacrifices and, and make your making actually make you money, (laughs) which is awesome and hard (laughs) and then becoming a marketer as opposed to just, you know, a brand designer. But, but yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. But once you make that choice, again, that freedom is, is
1: priceless. Mm -hmm.
0: So I, I mean, I work in a nine to five now. I will, I'm sure always work in a structured environment. I'm leaving my current job to become a teacher, which is, like, the most structured job that you can have. Like, even the vacation times of the year (laughs) for you become structured, Um, which is great. I'm all about summer vacation, but, like, I'm also all about just, like, taking days off when I feel like it. And that's the end of the line for me on that. So, for me, I'm always going to be having – some sort of formal constraints around my work. And I actually find that freeing. So I think for some people, including me, it's more freeing to have a distinct understanding of when you're working and when you are on your own time. Like, I know for many entrepreneurs, that's a call that you have, but it is not a call I have. So it's an interesting thing to hear you guys express because for me, that would be so stressful. And Mm -hmm. I feel so much more free being able to rely on the structures in my life to be there for me and have a routine that I don't have to build yeah, because then I'm able to go and do my best work because someone else has laid the groundwork yeah, for definitely. me. Yeah, definitely. So it's interesting because I think for different people it's so unique, and there's so many different ways to find it. Mm-hmm. Like for that's me, awesome. I'm going into an even more structured career, <laughs> and I'm really excited about it because yeah. it's like I know and I can yeah. plan, and I don't have to be the one to make every single decision. And that frees me that like that decision fatigue yeah, can be so paralyzing for me. So having Mm -hmm. other structures in place frees me to do my best work and to really be, be the best me I can be in the workplace. So that's
2: awesome. And good to hear because we need teachers and we need police officers and we need people who go to their nine to fives and do their best work within that nine to five. So that's totally refreshing because I'm pretty much around like entrepreneurs and that's it least days. So how can you as a maker within that structure, how can you thrive and what, in what ways can you feel creative in that structure?
0: So for me um, personally, I'm currently at a job where I work in communications. I do a lot of writing, a lot of um, lot of like media work, a lot of creative work. And I'm able to look at the needs of a client and I know the structures that we have in place. So I can look at what the client needs and I can look at the structure and I can look at my time and availability and I'm able to figure out like, what's the most efficient and best way that I can work for this person and get it done for this for this organization, this government agency, this company, this association, I can sit down and say, you know what, we have X number of hours, we have this many resources, and how can we best utilize them? Because if I was just me and I was just billing, you know, whatever my billing rate was, I think I would always be looking for the next best thing and I wouldn't ever be able to get something done because there would always be that little bit more that I could do. Whereas when I'm working with Constraints, it's what's the best thing I can do with the resources I have. Yeah, and so that very resource focused understanding yeah. helps me actually perform better because I know that I need to make the most of every hour. I need to make the most of every dollar,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and every other person on my team needs to yeah, do that so you're, too.
1: You're resourceful. Like you mm-hmm. you know how to use your resources to be to create the best outcome mm-hmm. possible. for my clients. Yeah, yeah, that's great.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, though, because I think, you know, for people who don't work in an output-focused role, like my mom and dad both work in banks where they're working with clients, they're working in a very, like, business-oriented role rather than something where they're producing a product. That's a different way of, you know, looking at creativity because they're enabling other people to you know, in managerial roles, enabling other people to do their best work. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's there's so many layers, and it's so interesting yeah. to think about. Really, like, or if you're a stay at home mom, like, what does that look like? Are you a mom who likes to cook? Great, like you're nourishing your family, you're being creative. That. Yep. Yeah. If you don't right. like so to cook, you don't have to do that great. either. No, you're so bringing, the,
1: yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Lila.
2: The question, the question, it really comes down to then is where do you thrive and mm-hmm. where do you, where can you best create.
1: Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah I mean I have friends who are moms who like you Lila are like I do not do crafts I do not cook so well I don't you know like they're busy homeschooling or doing um like just being moms but they all like every single one of them who tells me that they're not creative always surprises me with their creativity like the one woman I'm specifically thinking of she does homeschool and she always comes up with like the most creative lesson plans that, and again, they're not like, they're not making crafts, but they're singing and she comes up with really great ideas for how she can get her students' attention and, um, make learning music really fun for them. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just like, I, I would encourage everyone to just expand their idea of what creativity means in their own lives and, really hone in on the idea that like creativity is meant to be life-giving, you know, and we're as Catholics, Christians, we're all meant to share Christ's life, you know, um, with each other, with, with others, um, even outside of our communities. That's such a perfect distillation. I think that like
0: the creative life is about sharing life. It's not about what you're able to put on right. the table and say, look what I did. It's about looking at the people around you who are seeing you and seeing your experiences and saying like, Oh, I can see God working through me mm-hmm. in these, in these interactions and in these relationships, so whether it's between you and another person or something that you've created and, or anything in the mm-hmm. outside world.
1: Yeah. I think that's a perfect place to wrap up. Um, Unless, do you have anything else yeah. you want to talk
0: about, Lila? We've loved hearing from you on
2: this. Uh, no, I think, do we go through all of our questions? I think, I think so. so. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I love that. Just like, yes, where, where do you thrive? And that's a really good question. To, I'm actually working on a guest post for Jacqueline Malone, who runs uh, Chasing Dreams and Littles. And I talk about, like, what brings you life? Are you... Are, are the you that you're putting into your business and your brand, are, are you bringing life to people? Like is your, so it's, it's on like putting you in your brand. So, you know, your brand is not all about your people. It's about where you and your people kind of meet.
0: Oh, and that's perfect.
2: So what parts of you want to serve other people? Cause that's what should go into your brand. Like that should be the purpose behind your business is eventually is, you know, ultimately to serve other people and to, you know, make their lives easier, make their lives funner or, you know, make their lives more full or whatever. And so, yeah, the idea of bringing life as a maker is just, like, that's spot on.
1: Hmm. Thanks. So do you want to ask our closing question? So I did not include this in our email. So we're springing it (laughs) on. But um, we usually ask our guests um, at the end of our chats, um, who is inspiring you spiritually right now? It could be an author, a missionary, a saint, anyone who has just – Strikes your fancy lately? Yeah, feeding your spiritual life mm-hmm. these days. Hmm. Oh gosh. Um. I know it's difficult. It is. <laughs> yeah. Audio.
2: Um. We had a really good sermon on Sunday from a pastor that's not our normal teaching pastor, and he was talking about um, Balaam and the donkey that talks, and he talked about how. Um, uh, the phrase I wrote it down in my sketchbook. Hold on, I gotta get it right. Go ahead. Oh, it's character character over giftedness. So we talk a lot on my Instagram and in my Facebook group about like, what do you get out? You know, are you a maker? How do you create? What do you produce? And that doesn't necessarily have to be a thing. Like you can be producing your character, and you can be building into your character. And so focusing on that after a really heavy launch with lots of emails and lots of marketing and lots of strategic things going on. Like, how's my character doing? Like, how am I becoming more holy and becoming more loving and becoming more kind? And am I even trying?
0: (laughs) The (laughs) ultimate
2: in creativity, making sure that
0: you're creating a character of. Mm Right, yeah Yeah. cultivating
2: it. your heart and actually becoming more of that creative person yeah so that that's been on my mind a lot so I guess him I don't even remember his name so that's awesome that is, <laughs> that is okay a, a, a
0: secret angel in your right. weekend
1: yeah. yeah yeah that's awesome <laughs> well thanks so much Lila we really really enjoy talking to you tonight I love the topic of creativity and I hope um all of our listeners did too
0: yeah, yes. thank, thank you, you so, so much for joining us. Where can we, where can our listeners find you online, Lila? Um, I'm at thehigginscreative.com. Great. So if you want to take a gander over there and learn more about Lila's branding work, we encourage you to do so. Yep.
2: And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. I would love getting even just questions that spark conversation.
0: Well, great. Thank you so much for joining us, and have a great rest of your week.
1: You too. Bye, Lila. Bye.